0: Welcome to Ambit Radio. We're in London Soho Radio studio for the first of our new monthly podcasts that should be available stratospherically wherever you listen. I'm Kirsty Allison. I'm the new managing editor of Ambit. And I was first published by Ambit in 2007 when I sent my work in anonymously to the then fiction editor, Jeff Nicholson. And I was delighted to join The legendary publication that's most infamous for its drugs competition in 1967 where the submissions were all written on drugs and the winner went to Anne Quinn who wrote it on the pill. Uh, But it was a time of high art for Ambit who were reaching their second decade of publishing with Palozzi coming in as art editor and JG Ballard on fiction. And the work of Dr. Martin Bax and his late wife, Judy, from a kitchen table in North London is the stuff of myth, which I'm glad to learn more of every day. So there are a few heroes who haven't been published in Ambit, from Eileen Miles to Helen Chadwick, Ralph Stedman, William Burroughs, Linton Kwesi Johnson. So I came on board under the gracious guidance of poet Bryony Bax who's related to Martin by marriage. Her own father was a poet, Adrian Mitchell, and he was a kind of radical revolutionist, kind of 60s poet. She's been editing for the past seven years, and we work with a great team of editors who extend Ambit's six-decade reign as a bastion of poems, stories, and art. So over these podcasts, you'll hear from all of us. And next time we're going to be looking at the redesign by Stephen Barrett, who I've been working with really intensely over London lockdowns, getting the new site up in this debut edition of Ambit Pop, which we're celebrating today, which invites a guest editor to commission their choice of poets, writers and artists to curate their own edition in the spirit of Ambit. So in the studio, I'm very happy to welcome the first guest editor of Ambit Pop, Mr. Leah Saudi in your ears. He's a phenomenal lyricist, performer, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and writer who caught my attention with his essays Beyond the Neutral Zone that he published online with The Social, the legendary joint in London's Fitzrovia run by Heavenly Coddings, who throughout this past year of lockdowns have been hosting social gatherings via Twitter to keep the community alive and publishing their own zine online, which is soon turning to paper. I was reading Liz's work on a residency at the NeuroTitan Gallery in Berlin last year when part of my duty for that programme was to programme an evening of spoken word with one of my guests, who was the great Irish writer rob doyle who was having um he was living in berlin at the time he's online tonight as well so liz was also in town and played a small secret gig in Neukolln, where rob invited me along as he was playing percussion and in that night we all slipped and that is where this invitation began so it was actually your brother that suggested you Mm. edit this one night that's nice
1: my agent Nathan Saudi. How's it going on there? Here we go. We've got, got Vida Adamczewski here as well. She's not on the, um, the Zoom there, but... Uh, Hello. We're all here. Round Hello. table.
0: Hello. Nice to see you guys. So we've got Rob Doyle. He's in Ireland. And where are you at the moment, Rob?
2: I'm in Dublin. I'm actually in my parents' house, uh, the house I grew up in, because I am, I'm living down in Rosslare Harbour in County Wexford on the coast. But uh, I came back up a few days ago because I had a couple of things to do in Dublin. So, yeah. So, okay. Brilliant.
1: Okay. So, you're in retreat then, again?
2: Kind of, yeah. I'm, uh, yeah, kind of. The truth of the matter is I came back <laughs> up to Dublin to do a little uh, extra voiceover work for the Hyundai. Is it? That uh, myself and Leas somehow ended up um, <laughs> and talking in.
1: Wow, you're still on the Straza dollar. That's good. Hmm. I haven't heard from that guy for a while. (laughs) And Jenny, whereabouts are you?
3: I'm in Edinburgh.
1: Right, right. Is that where you live? Yeah. Ah, Okay, how's it been up there? Are you guys looking forward to the uh,
0: Indian variant?
3: Yeah, no, it's here. It's in Glasgow.
0: We're ahead of the trend. Yeah, you're on extra lockdown in Glasgow right now as well, right? We've been,
3: the whole time, it's basically been a complete lockdown in Scotland. It's been really weird, like nearly the whole lot, nearly all of it. Like yeah. really, really extreme, really extreme, but it's an extreme
0: place. How yeah. do you how do you
1: how do you feel about that? Would you would you would you prefer it was a little bit more happy-go-lucky like the Johnson approach?
0: Um,
3: <laughs> Johnson approach.
1: The Johnson happy-go-lucky <laughs> approach to mass death.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, just, that sounds creepy. No, no, I don't know. It's just I don't know. There's no easy answer. It's never um, nice feeling the state flex their muscles.
4: Mm -hmm.
3: even if it is for um good reason and all the other things that sort of jumped on board with it it's just a very i was raised by the state i was brought up by the state so the whole thing for me is just really trippy and just a really strange way and um now i hate it i really want to get Mm -hmm. my car and go and drive for about 500 miles you know because like we weren't even able to go further than five miles from your house yeah for the better part of eight months and then i've got a kid and he's um just grown up in this you know just this really, yeah. really odd odd environment but um where are you lias
1: i'm in london but i've just been because i cause i've been on tour for basically the last best part of 10 years so i don't really ever settle anywhere permanently mm-hmm. or haven't mm-hmm. yet Do you or, seem
0: like yeah. quite a troubadour lias the way that you not move in the around. Rom-
1: not in the romantic sort of 1960s Greenwich Village sense. No, just in a sort of like born to precarity and that's just the way it is.
5: Sofa-surfing.
1: Yeah, I tend to live at Vida's house quite a <laughs> lot. You know, Vida and Saul's family, they put me up a lot of the time. But I do—I shift around a lot. So I've been in Hastings, I've been in London, I've been in Berlin. Moving it's ar- got
3: help a bit, at least it's a bit of...
1: It's Yeah, it's all right. But it really brought on the fact that I don't have like a permanent residence. It really brought that home you know yeah. you don't have yeah. like
2: somewhere to retreat yeah. to
1: what's that doyle
2: I said that uh, you were trying to play uh, a in hastings last i heard did that not work out
1: no the mortgage brokers laughed me out of town Do you know what I mean? no. <laughs> they, were, they were like well you're a musician it's like, like, it's like you'd have been yeah. bit, you'd have been <laughs> better off telling, telling them you them were you're on low-level organized, organized crime, crime you know, you know? Yeah. mortgage brokers oh yeah indian yeah. variants <laughs> yeah It's a weird. It's a weird thing. I think with this, with the, with a lot, like you get quite guilty, kind of, just thinking about, like, I'm sick of it. You know, like, just loosen, Mm. loosen it up. You know, I find myself swinging between Mm. poles on that. You know.
2: So do I. Yeah.
1: Where I'm just like, like today was one of those times, and I was like, I'm done with it. Can't they just let? Just people are gonna get sick. You know. Yeah. We have to just. For a while,
2: I I started uh, believing in conspiracy theories, but just to kind of entertain myself. I didn't really believe in them. It was a kind of just a game I was playing in my head. I was just so bored. It was like, what if I imagine I'm one of those complete, like, not job, you know, pandemic types? Yeah.
3: Fuck you. They believe, one of them, some of them believe that when you get the vaccine, in the vaccine, tiny little robots go into your blood. Yeah. And I got I got the vac the one, and they that's what they believe. And uh, a few of my friends, like I just can't say to them about it because they're so far gone. And then they think the new world order is coming, and um, you know Hillary Clinton's eating babies and blah blah blah.
2: she is. She is. Well, you know. I have have it on good authority. Yeah. Mm
1: Yeah, it's possible, isn't it? I
3: heard that the military uh, were.
2: I spent last night with my mate Phil, and he's uh, he's pretty far gone into conspiracy, and he believes in it. And he um, he calls everybody who has the vax now a mutant.
3: Oh, that's me. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. He didn't mention robots going into uh, into the DNA, but it was something like it was something not far off it. So yeah, you're a mutant.
1: My favorite one was it's uh, it's to do with like overpopulation. And what they're they're infertilizing like the population of the world without killing anybody? Oh know? right. So it's like you know it's not going to make you sick, it's, but it's just going to mean that nobody can have kids, you know? Oh yeah.
3: But they could just kill us all really easily and cheaply. So what's the? Do you know what I mean? Like it just yeah. seems. Now to be but really, that would be so a elaborate.
1: PR. It would be a PR nightmare, wouldn't it? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah,
3: yeah. But if it was only but... them left, who's to complain? Do you know what I mean? Like they could. So I'm sure they could. It's feasible. Maybe.
1: I toyed with that one for a while for a few days, for a few hours for a few mm. <laughs> but um anyway moving on moving on
0: okay so Lias, is it Lias or lias i call it's you Leos. i mean
1: it's it's you know some people go for lias that's that's a okay. lias,
0: lias
2: Lias. i love the, i love lias. the haircut Lias. it's uh, yeah back it's fresh to
0: tour isn't it
1: well, i'm doing a folk tour next week i thought skinhead was a good look for that you know yeah yeah you can guess it <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Code four. <laughs> so
0: it's actually you, Rob. That's why this whole collaboration came together because I just got this gig working with Ambit, and I was yeah. speaking to you in Berlin, and you were playing percussion at that Mm -hmm. show which is how this all came along and now you've contributed an amazing oolipoo i mean i love your writing right rob i mean like i came across you when i was editing on dj mag and just loved love just style it's kind of loose rachel cusk but kind of a bit more relevant to me (laughs) really so yeah i kind of dig it and i find it interesting that you do did you edit what you worked on much that's in the ambit pop
2: yeah yeah i mean i kind of tend to i'm a real hardcore editor you know so uh i wrote that in the winter in berlin which is a, a winter best forgotten in almost every sense it was just it was a bad time um but uh i wrote it over there you know there was a lot of uh a lot of drinking at home going on for just to kind of end the misery of the lockdown kind of thing but uh yeah no I tend to edit everything uh reread everything about a uh, 50 or 100 times yeah
0: I do that so gorgeous. I love it I love that that you do that yeah. because it, it it's kind of your stuff I think I think Kerouac edited a lot too he so did, I just kind yeah. of like that you're yeah. yeah
2: yeah oh no you've got to I mean that, that's where it changes for me from something loose and messy into actual writing you know The writing isn't necessarily what comes out the first time. The writing is what gets shaped by working on it and working on it and working on it.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Jenny, how's your editing? Do you edit a lot? Are you...
3: Yeah, obsessively. I, I kind of compare it to, I played in bands when I was younger, and you know when you just get in a rehearsal room and for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and days and months, you just go over and over and over and over and over. Absolutely. And then eventually it sounds like it was meant to sound like that. I think I'm um, writing the same. You just, you're just just sort of
4: mm-hmm.
3: playing this symphony sometimes for years. My last novel, it was five years on and off on it. And then eventually, you know, you can't take it any further and then it's done. But yeah, it's nice to know that other people are... Um, as obsessively Nicky about it, because I think you have to be. Because once it's on the page, it's there forever. Exactly.
0: It's
3: gonna change, do you mean? I wanted what to ask
0: you both about kind of how how it transcends from the page too, and kind of I'm in the process of the work that I had published in Ambit years ago was uh, is now finally getting published as a book, but I'm kind of thinking about it as an audio book. So I was just wondering about your kind of you know we're here for audio and kind of this is you know a musician we know him as but I didn't even realize he'd been to art school been knocking around Bloomsbury and a really interesting kind of background of moving about before then and it's kind of this this idea of of how the black and white works as audio really so I just kind of wanted to ask you both about that and like your own experience with audiobooks and kind of the, and the work and the, I mean I'm fascinated by lyric and poetry the nights that I've done have always been exploring this space between
4: hmm.
0: kind of lyric and and poetry. I'm a lyricist. No, I'm a poet. Whatever it is, it's all so cross-platform. But yet we have to get defined as one thing or another. And you know, Rob, you've been in bands. Like Jenny's been in bands. Liz is writing a book. He's just finished his edit now. That's coming out with White, white Rabbit books, which is done with Adele Stripe, who's in this edition as well. Mm-hmm. So I
1: think she was in a band as well. Have you been in a band, Vida?
0: Absolutely not.
1: <laughs> so you're the odd one out. Eh?
5: Yeah, wow. Well. I
1: thought it was like a try, a write a passage for all writers to have yeah. failed at, at being in a band.
5: <laughs> oh no, that was
1: like you know, every single. Maybe writer. you've got that
5: to come. <laughs> oh, I hope not. <laughs> so I don't think I could laugh. handle the public humiliation. I like to distance myself sufficiently Maybe from my writing.
1: Sent was Joyce in a band. I think he was. Wasn't he? he
2: was a singer. He was. A, he was a very. Good, he he a very would punk. have been. He yeah. would have no, been. No, he was a singer. He was he, he, You know, and he wrote songs too.
1: But that's one thing. I've been since trying to hop on my way into the literary sphere, you know, every every single person you come across, yeah, yeah, I was in a band once. Yeah, we're all
0: a
4: frustrated uh,
2: Song
1: songwriters... I mean,
0: Evan know. always says that, that he was in a band first and just a failed, mu- you know, he's a failed musician who happens to write books.
1: Mm. It, it, it puts you in the mood for being in a band, actually, trying to write <laughs> a fan.
2: I yeah think. i remember
3: there's less people that's the nice thing there's less people do you know what i mean you don't have to
1: it's a good it's a good balance i think they're like oh, the opposite you know yeah. there's no politics yeah. they're all just also, in your head
3: i think being in BAM was like being married to people you know four people i don't want to go out with do you know what i mean i don't hmm. even really want to date them and uh you're just kind of stuck yeah stuck with them and uh there is something nice about this the, the solitude of uh, writing but i think to go back to what you said kirsty all the best uh all the best poets are musicians really and some of the best novelists are poets you know I think they are they are really tied and all the people that I grew up listening to that I thought were great poets were musicians for sure. Mm
0: -hmm. That's very cool I think it's that yeah my problem is industry and where industry and arts get mixed up Mm -hmm. and I mean you must have more experience of that you're your new book is published by luckenbooth it's published by heinemann right so i mean you're a big big publisher and have you found promoting that in lockdown complicated or
3: yeah yeah i mean i always by promoting things complicated just because i like the work you know like i like the work i like the i like the work and I like um meeting other writers who I really like and then the industry itself is always just a complicated place to be because it's a big narcissistic capitalistic machine that you know we're like they're like here's your soul let's you know part, you know market it and sell it but you know the cool thing about it is then you get to meet readers at the other sides of it or your books go out and have their own life out there but um it's always a part of being a a novelist I found weird because we're not entertainers in that way and we're not celebrities and we're really insular and weird mostly so um when we then have to go on a stage and be you know in a room with loads of people it's it's um it is an odd thing and then the press being what the press are that's another kind of you know Mm. i don't know it's it's an awkward thing to to make peace with it at times but the cool thing is you meet really interesting people and you've just got to go for the good people and stick with them and sort of ignore the rest of it you know and that's that's definitely um how i do it and whenever a, a novel goes out i'm always you know knee deep in the next one anyway and it doesn't really belong to me anymore when it goes out into the world it's not mine then it's it just belongs to whoever picks it up at that point um mm. But, yeah, it's uncomfortable, isn't it? It's the industry side of, well, we don't do this because... It's mucky. We do, it, cause we do this because we're the opposite of that, and then we still have to go through that machine. It's um, funny.
1: Yeah, it you, leaves you feeling a bit greasy, the whole thing.
3: Mm-hmm. It go certainly off. can. It certainly can, especially uh, journalists. Um, I've found, all, you know, they're always just looking for that anger, They're always looking for that thing, and it's... um yeah. And each country is really different in how they do it, you know. Each country just interacts with you really different. And in, in the UK, we're just fucking awful, basically, and needing everybody to be in their new little box and um, stay there, you know, nicely. Yeah,
1: yeah, totally. I've, I've had that.
0: What that run-ins issue. have you had with the press, Lewis? You must have had some classics. I mean, I mean, the, I mean, the most
1: recent was this, the the thing in the in the Guardian about this little film we made during lockdown i
0: love that film what's it called it was called
1: Moonbathing in february you know and there was one bit in it where my little brother is is kind of joking about doing acid for breakfast and then cooking family dinner at five you know and they ran that as like the the headline the the tagline you know it's just like the worst kind of edgelord sort of try (laughs) hard and then in the comments section you've got about 500 500 angry bored men like condemning you for your try hard like my god you guys have been chatting the same shit for like 10 years you're still banging on about drugs and then you've been like needlessly brutally like humiliated for no no particular reason just because like some tool over at the guardian thinks you know what like i'm gonna have it with this you know you, you you know hats off almost it was you know exquisitely done you know but it, it, it does hurt sometimes a, a little bit, but I, I gave up reading the, the comment section a while ago, I guess. But
2: yeah, I, I read all, I read every single. You
1: comment. were you were on the comment section, weren't you? <laughs> that was you. That was some 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 of those people were you.
2: I, I had a real sadistic uh, afternoon. Of the what goes
1: around thing. comes around, you know.
2: <laughs> no, I never read my own comments because that's that's a nightmare. yeah. You, yeah, you, you end up yourself.
1: doing yourself in, definitely.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty so But what do
3: they think you're going to do? Like, you can't go back and change it. That's what I always think is really funny. It's like, you know, if you go and see a piece of art, the reviewers don't come in and go, oh, if that yellow had just been a bit more yellow, or if that sunflower had just been a bit more sunflowery. Mm. You know, when the work's done, it's done. You know, yeah. what do they really expect you to do at that point? So I don't read any of it. I only read it if somebody says it's been something really nice and it's a writer I respect, I'll go and read it. Have you
2: seen the reviews? You don't read the reviews?
3: No, there's not much point, do you know what I mean? I'm going to do that
2: for the next book. I think I've decided I'm going to do that for the next book.
3: There really is no point in it. I mean, they're not artists and, you know, it's great that people are interested and want to promote your work, but you can't go back and change it once it's done. Mm. And then you just get another little Grinch sitting on your shoulder for the next book. You know,
1: it's even even the good ones. I think the good ones are more damaging than the bad ones. I don't think you
3: should. Yeah, yeah, you shouldn't uh, just, no, just, Yeah, you shouldn't believe any of it, really. No, it's it's not way. our business. It's their business, no, it I, really. I, I take
2: no. names. I hold grudges for many oh, wow. <laughs> I, I exact cruel, <laughs> terrifying vengeance on them, on them, if only in my head. But uh, yeah, there's a few names on this list at this at this stage. Mm, mm.
1: The good ones are the good ones are the good ones are the ones that really lead you astray, like down a kind of like. Uh, you know, a hall of mirrors and like delusions of oh, grandeur God, oh. and, and yeah, Max like yeah, do another do another line, man. You're, you know, super super hip. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like reverberating through your head, so and so. At the times is like blown away. Like yeah, yeah, that that some, actually yeah, fucks so you like, You know, yeah. somebody whipping you down. That's for the best because almost everything
2: is like subpar, isn't it? You know, everybody's just no, clutching. That, man. No, my clutching. stuff is fucking great, and even- anyone. <laughs> <laughs> you is a twat and they don't know what they're talking about let's just put that you see there you go you're still
1: in. fighting it you're still fighting jenny's got the better sort of like the mode here you know let's just like be at one at one with it take no part
2: yeah yeah no it's the noble way i think
3: <laughs> somebody did once say in a first novel my first novel apparently that it should come with a health warning because if you didn't know what was coming it could kill you i'd love but that, that. Was, god so that that's a good great. review
0: isn't that a great yeah. review Isn't that like the best thing someone could say? Like, yeah, yeah. imagine.
3: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, that's that's lovely. That's a lovely thing to have, you know. Yeah, yeah.
0: I I read my first book with a trigger warning. I review books sometimes, so as we all do, right? But you know, we were. I was reading. I got sent this thing, and it got a trigger warning on it, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is the first book I've ever read with a trigger warning on, and. I then started reading the book, and it was absolute garbage. but I did message mm-hmm. my publisher and just say, like "How many pages of trigger warnings would you like i mean it's it's kind of mm-hmm. at what point at the moment i mean we 're in such such sensitive times at the moment with what we write i I was I kind of think we might come through it i 've been really down on the whole thing of yeah, kind yeah. of sensitivity and kind of the way that identity politics play into the spectrum on social media and kind of identity and having to shout out at whatever is going on beyond us so and that kind of your identity is all you have to hold on to when we're all squished but I kind of think that humour might return and there might actually be a new woke which is going to
1: well, I think there's just been an excess of contemplative time and people don't, you don't remember the, the good things, do you, you know? But I remember when we felt all right there the other week, Vita, <laughs> you know? We felt quite, quite good about ourselves briefly. You don't recall briefly. any of that. So you've got all this dead time with which to, like, ruminate upon all the worst things that have ever happened to you or your friends or whatever. They're all kind of like these throbbing moments in, like, in the past and they get worse and worse the longer you think about it, until everybody's just like festering with like resentment and bitterness and like vengeance you know because there's no forward to look into so it's like right we have to sort this mess out how did I wind up here why am I so confused?
5: You think it's motivating that?
1: I think that's what it is it's kind of like because your memory just you know all the good things and the night you know they all just disappear but every time anybody fucked you over ever is kind of like permanently at the front of your brain you know it's everybody's just on their own like little warpath or whatever you know. Well, I think that will dissipate once people go out and get drunk near each other again.
2: I don't know. I don't know if it will.
1: That's the optimistic. I, I don't know if I believe that, but I'm throwing it out there.
5: I was going to say that was yeah. uncharacteristically jovial. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm throwing it out there. We are being recorded.
0: Don't forget. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, what do,
1: well, wait, no, go on, go on, go on, Rob. Go on.
2: Well, yeah, I don't know. I think I agree with Kirsty that... Um, you know, well, I know, I hope it would come back around full circle, but I do like not to just be a dick and just like denigrate everything, but I do feel that the kind of literary culture at the moment is so dead and so kind of dull and um, tepid and it's just not very interesting um, from what I see of it. I mean, what
0: about the um, ambit pop though? It's pretty fly, isn't it?
2: Ambit pop is it's the one exception, fly. literally <laughs> the only exception in a, in, a, in a sea of mediocrity. Yeah. <laughs> no i just i, I but I be, it, it's just that i think that that culture of kind of self-censorship and of a kind of um hysterical need to come across as a good person and all mm. that shit is just really i can see it contaminating the books I'm, I'm probably a bit oversensitive to this stuff because i get a bit obsessional about it and see it everywhere and stuff but i do think that we're living in a particularly bland um,
0: no, we're in really toxic moment. times. They're not even bland, Rob. I don't think. I think we're in the. But is most... it, it?
2: Is it symptom? I
1: mean, is this flare-up that's gone with everybody just living on their phones for an entire year with no respite? Will it? It might. Mu- surely, it will dissipate slightly and become. a a touch more bearable or is that it we're lost to this Ah, now and i mean
2: it was like that before the pandemic you know i remember having these like delusionally utopian views that all of that kind of hypersensitivity and all of that kind of uh language policing and just the fear of expression and all of that stuff would just be blasted out the window by this pandemic because suddenly we were the real you know but within about Two or three months that was shown to be a, a complete um hopeless delusion it got uh, worse it got much worse. i think
0: we're in really yeah. primitive data trawling times and we yeah. are just being i mean rasheen kibard's book as well i mean you love that the disconnect and mm. stuff yeah. about it just we are in this we're really in the early stages of moving towards uh, an anthropocene ai culture so we are programming the machines at the moment with our identity and we're getting pushed into yeah. kind of holding on to that. So, I mean, I, I think we are, we are the machine and it's just that kind of we're almost learning as we go along how to, how to manage it. And within that, unfortunately, because the system is owned by the dominant culture, we're, it's a real war to work out how to, how to exist beneath that and keep your sanity I mean that's been the whole thing for me about lockdown is what you let in over your walls and kind of travelling through iPhones and sort of trying to understand what your world is and whether or not it is something that's uh, that's online or offline and where we I actually are I think that's are. a
5: really weird binary to take though, like online and offline, I mean like I think that in the like disabled community or like I spent a lot of time bedbound. And when I was bedbound, I basically lived online. This was way before the pandemic, but um mm. that was also my offline experience because my offline experience was like a sensory deprivation entirely. Mm. And I think that there is like pretty there is some kind of quite subversive and radical uses of technology. There are ways of like reprogramming it and like jumping over a lot of the now that we can identify the problems with it and I think we're getting better and better and better at doing that, there are ways of like getting around the edges. And that's really exciting. I mean, I think the idea that we're still using like computer systems that were based on studies of how humans made choices in like the what, like the thirties, forties. And that now we're beginning to look at how you can make computers make more organic choices stranger choices like there's mm. something I mean I know it's um a little hackneyed but those when people program like bots to write there's something so creepy about it that I actually think that brings me back to remembering exactly why we get human beings to make work there is like a I think the more time we spend online the more we realize that our like offline lives have value and significance that can never be perfectly recreated. So, I don't know, I think that when we come out of this, there is a real thirst for the outside world at the moment, isn't there? More than there was, I think, probably in 2019.
0: I found it pretty weird, though, when I first went outside into an environment I hadn't been in for a long time and walking in woods, and I didn't know quite how to handle that, you know? Um, because you get so conditioned so quickly to the environment. But that isn't that you're great in. to
5: be overstimulated by a forest instead of being overstimulated? Yeah, by Yeah, but quite an scary.
0: IPhone. Quite scary. Genuinely, I've never worried about walking in a forest in my life before. But I did
1: feel quite anxious going into the pub, though. <coughs>
0: and, and <walking coughs> like I was being like,
1: like I was being like, judged.
5: Is that abnormal for you, Elias? Mm. I mean
1: yeah no no I mean more, it was more than usual. it was more than usual, you know it's like you know have i done have I done something awful? Have I done lots of awful things i I don't know maybe oh. I have
3: it just I'm reminds sure. me of having really, really dreadful mental health in my twenties and only being able to <laughs> leave leave the house like after midnight a lot of the time for a long long, long time, and so everything is um everything is overwhelming, and definitely any anxiety that you've had before that you know the idea every time you go to the shop for bread you might die or you might kill somebody you love is you know not to be fucking underestimated as a massive pressure and massively weird pressure and we're not built for being sort of prisoners in our own homes on top of that Mm. Um, and I think that the, the, the just strangeness of it being right across the planet as well is um, I don't think we're really going to get the repercussions on lots of levels until a chunk of time afterwards. But, you know, that thing about the disabled community, certainly, and lots of other communities, elderly communities or people at home who just don't have money, who've been able to go to loads more gigs or loads more um, read-ins and have found positive ways to connect. You know, I think it's been different on lots of levels and there's been lots of writing I've been reading that's been, been really good. I find it hard to focus, I find it hard to concentrate. I kind of use my brain to finish work. And then I'm just like, just my brain's just like, just wants to go to sleep and not have anything to do with anything because everything's just so much more tiring. But I feel really grateful whenever I get a human moment. I feel really grateful whenever, and I go outside and I just look in a shop window and I'm like, oh, look at that in the shop window. And it's like, I would never have noticed before. And it is, it's just that overstimulation because you're just... In your own environment, all the time, or, or way too much of the time. Um, but I think there's some really interesting things going on, right? And wise. And I think that, you know, extreme times always create um, great pockets of art and great pockets of music and literature. Um, it's whether they can get out there or not, it's whether they can get, you know, Mm. out into the world so the people that want them can hear them. That's the problem is kind of distribution and, and those the gatekeepers and the things in between. But but all the things that humanise for me, I find I'm so grateful for even more than I was before because of this big wider kind of really dehumanising thing that we segued into with, you know, Trump and, you know, watching the whole planet just shift in a way that I hadn't seen in, in my life before, you know. And I remember growing up in the recession, I remember Thatcher, I remember all kinds of different things, but you just thought something's happening on a whole different level now, you know, mm. and I don't know what to make of that. And I've always lived in extreme circumstances, but I still don't know what to make of that at yeah, all.
1: it's difficult to, it's impossible to gauge, really. You find like these seams of animosity like come out of nowhere between... Between, you know, yourself and whoever, you know, I don't think every, everybody's sort of like t- toughing it out, you know, I don't think anybody's really kind of processed it in any meaningful way.
0: So I it's think just it's because it's not being guided either. Nobody actually it's.
1: knows what's going on. There's no precedent for it, is there? There's no, and everybody's in the same malaise, like across the board, very paranoid, paranoid kind of, well, yeah, I've got no, no, no attention span, withering the attention span right down so it is. I can't be bothered to watch films or anything. It's
0: great that Ambit Pop is just so kind of small and you can just slip small into enough, it, yeah, it's, isn't it's, it? It's great that you can just read a little bit. It's pandemic size. And it is, I, yeah.
2: I haven't actually seen a copy yet because, oh. uh, well, it was sent down to Wexford where I'm living, but because I've been down in Dublin, I, it's probably there already. Yeah,
0: it will uh, be. Yeah, it was sent first
3: Very quickly. It? Yeah, a yeah. it's just so pretty oh, look at
2: that. Yeah. the
3: print and the quality of the print and the images well is just gorgeous
2: yeah. did Lidia literally narcissistically put a picture of himself on the cover is it's I, not, it? not just cool. a
1: picture of me on the cover it's a picture of me wearing a fry-up
0: there's a
3: story I thought today. that was a fry-up in your stomach
1: no, right? no, it was it's, it's, you know, it's, it's me dressed in a fry-up So that's oh, yeah. kind of...
3: that's, is that fried tomato?
1: I te- it might you're have been. Fried
3: tomato, fry up.
1: I do like a fried tomato, yeah. I mean, I'm not averse to tinned either. You know, I, I go both. Or even some cherry tomatoes.
3: Is that toast at the top on the right hand side, the white thing? Let's have a look. Kind of raggedy edges.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's a, I think it's just bread. It's just bread. Bread. Yeah, yeah.
0: And then and what's, a, bread. And then what's on really the inside? Hard. I mean, what's on the inside cover? There's like a full shot there. I mean
1: I don't know wow. what that is yeah it's
0: yeah. That's Marco, that's
1: Marco Livingston's uh, there was a
0: story to this whole the whole artwork would you like to tell us how that artwork came about
1: uh, right. well it was Mar- Marco was sending uh, he was sending me things to the fat whites page some drawings some erotically charged drawings and he asked if he could if he could draw me for the next album but um, I thought it would be perfect for this
0: and it is perfect for this. Mm-hmm. And we so. ended up, it went missing though. We kind of had, he'd sent through these pictures that he'd taken on his iPhone and they were so low res, we couldn't use them for mm. print. And then someone had actually bought, it turned out that someone had bought the original artwork at the Wimmill auction at the fundraiser for mm. the money. So it all went astray. But fortunately, thanks to a lady called Zaina Sorokapod who bought the artwork, Hmm. She sent it back to us, so we managed to take good pictures of it and get that artwork on the cover in the end. So, yeah, there's a piece for you there. You're allowed to take uh, it. Marco's offered a bit of artwork.
1: I'm going to see him on Monday. He's coming up to the show on Monday. Oh, he's a cool guy. I've never met him before.
0: Yeah. He's written loads of art books, hasn't he? He's written, like...
1: So yeah, I, I didn't like realise it. that at first, yeah, yeah. And it's
0: like a hobby of his, writing or like drawing these pens. They're really light and they're really small and they're really kind, of, kind of... playful. Yeah. 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 yeah, they're really cool. And yeah, so there's his artwork in it. And who else is artwork in it?
1: There's Anna McDowell. Um, there's Wayne Horse from, love from Holland. Stuff. Who I've never met. actually just found him on Instagram. He's very cool. There's Neil Fox in there. He's uh, in
0: Greece. He's,
1: he's still in Greece. Isn't yeah,
0: he? he's coming over soon for his show in Paris at Gallery. I forget whose gallery it is, but a yeah. gallery in Paris. Yeah, and Steve, collaboration with Jeremy Reed, right?
1: Collaboration with Jeremy Reed, yeah. Mm. And uh, Steve Allen, who I was it? Oh, he's very cool.
0: Yeah. I really like his work.
1: Yeah, they're quite brutal. Does he they? sell
0: his work? Does it?
1: I, do you know what? I had not seen Steve or heard of him for nigh on eight years, ten years, or something. And then I just got in touch with him for this. We um went our separate ways a while ago. It used to be really good. We were in a band together for about five minutes. And then we had a bus stop about the band. We couldn't decide who was gonna be the singer. <laughs> <laughs> I want him to be the singer, but he refused. <laughs> but anyway, ancient history. So um, what
0: was your uh, musical <laughs> career then? Tell us about that, because I don't know this story. I don't know how you kind of so you're in you're in Art school. Were you doing music then? How did you meet Soul? How did all of that happen? I don't really know.
1: It's a long story. Is that. it long? It's a long, old, tired is it? Knackered. You don't want to Dirty say story. Well, I was at art school and I was, I didn't I didn't get on very well, and I, you didn't get
0: on with art school. Well, there was or?
1: no where I grew up in in Cookstown in Northern Ireland. There weren't really bands. You didn't see bands. It wasn't a thing. Do you know what I mean? Although I'd listen to bands. And then when I came to London, there were bands playing in pubs, and it was like ah, oh, that looks like a laugh. You know, and I was really disenchanted with art school with Slade because it was, well, it was just kind of up its own arse. Hmm? Sorry, can you not hear me? Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I thought it was up its own arse, and and they thought I was kind of. I just ended up getting into it sort of by osmosis. You know, there was other people in bands for once. And
0: what were your paintings like, though? What what was your art like when you were doing that?
1: Just exclusively self-portraits.
0: Really? <laughs> 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 comes as no surprise. That's it. You
1: know, that was it. Like just why I got and I I, got, I, could, I reached the end of that. You know, I finished.
0: Done every angle. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I got to the bottom of it.
0: Some of them were quite good
1: so I took to the I took to the stage you know I think you could because I was I took to drinking and taking drugs as well which is not something I was into when I was a teenager but you could do that while being in a band you couldn't do that while writing a dissertation or well I couldn't anyway maybe some people could but it kind of combined with that more appropriately Um, yeah yeah it fit the uh, fit the bill at the time do I regret it I'm not sure
0: You were kind of, when I first spoke to you about doing this edition, you were quite glad to be having a rest from it, for sure. It felt like that. And then Mm. you've, I mean, you must have been delving into your soul having been writing a book about the whole past, however Um, many years it is.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's been quite liberating, really, writing, I think, is kind of because it's just. You're a really good so, writer too. So thank you very much. I mean, it's it's so different to being stuck in a van and having to play like the same ten songs every night with the same the same people people that's what you call them <laughs> <laughs> the same human beings. Um, yeah, you get to use there's bits of your brain you you can't remember where they You've
0: they're. got a great band though. They are good folk.
1: It's okay. Yeah. I mean, it looks like might look like fun, but it's not. It's not fun from the inside. Mm. I guess there are moments of, of fun. But.
2: It was fun, man, my what I've uh, since described as my <laughs> meteoric career as a member of the white family uh, playing one gig with them that night. That was the most fun I've had in the last 10 years. So. <laughs> so you might be having fun, but I'm I, but I yeah,
1: love. you get like a, you get there. There are pockets of extreme fun, but then uh, yeah. in between and it's great when you get to have one of those like a one-off night but when you have to do it every single night for like three mo- i mean i don't want to sound like i'm moaning because it's obviously it's, you no- are it's an, enormous <laughs> oh, an enormous privilege an enormous <laughs> privilege but when you have to do it every day for like months on end you know what i mean like you have to get up yeah. and sing fucking special yeah. Ape again yeah. like when nathan Tour- like he's not had a wash touring,
2: like. touring does sound nightmarish i have to i'll give you that
1: it's yeah. fucked up yeah. it's fucked yeah. up you're in one of those like tall coffins you know like.
0: It's almost like you know when fashion with fashion when McQueen just died of exhaustion and just uh, kind of total paranoia and mm. just uh, you know kind of just died. It Did was he almost just die of exhaustion. Huh? Hmm? Did he just die of exhaustion? Kind of. No, I mean you know it's just, like, it's just... the fashion industry. I mean it's just, it just it's just kind of it was working at overdrive. You know mm. it really was, and it's it's it's. An excessive amount to us, one single human to do, to design 50 collections a year. Did you Which just reason?
5: compare Lies's writing career to <laughs> Alexander McQueen's death?
0: Yeah, I might have done, yeah. But I, in that sense, I... yeah, I might have done.
5: <laughs> but, you know, I think that
0: there's... A, no, I think there's an extremeness that extremely talented, extremely sensitive it. people <laughs> to it's have. It's complimentary. Yeah, and and I think that there is a similar arc you know with fashion it just kind of for me that was kind of like the death of fashion in a lot of ways in the way that it was existing in terms of it because then instagram took over and it started being a different idea what high fashion could be and 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 what it was and and it's had to sort of diversify and maybe that's what's going to happen with the music industry sort Mm. of post covid because there's going to be these kind of yeah free weekend sort of let's go to a festival kind of extreme experiences, but below that, that what's going to be happening underneath that is always more interesting for me. You know, like in galleries and performing shows in that way, and kind of where we really are sort of meeting different arts and where the experimentation happens. But um, yeah, I think it's ex- it's it's excessively kind of commodified the whole the whole thing with the with the music industry and people just having to push it it's always been the case It's. Um, I
1: mean you could do it without taking a load of drugs every night and it'd probably be alright
2: but you know
0: I mean look at Henry Rollins you, you, know, don't, he's you fit, don't play that but...
2: with a lot of conviction Leo, so. <laughs> I don't know if I believed you when you said
1: that <laughs> you could give it a try you could give it a world you know what I mean I'm I mean, I've been to some bands on the road and they look like they're doing OK, you know, like, yeah, we've been touring for two years now, you know, and they <laughs> have some green tea and, you know, it's <laughs> like you do meet them and they seem quite functional and they're all being quite nice to each other and yeah. nobody's been. F-
5: Is that the next step?
1: <laughs> I don't think it's possible. I mean, it's one of those things we talk about it and then we try, like, you know, we're will we'll we'll we going to meditate, you know, and then me, Nathan and Saul will like Argue. Med- meditate for like five minutes and then within about six hours, it's always exactly the same pattern. Just reemerges, like exactly the same. Over and you you love it, you know, <laughs> for that moment when it's reborn. You know, it's fresh again. It's new, your kids again. And then it's back to like deep, like bloody paranoia and like anger and ancient resentments, and and it's never ending, you know. And then you, then you split and you drift, and then you come back. Then you're born again. <laughs> it's great. I never want to give it up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I
3: think there's good reason why the musicians, in particular, have been high for most of their lives. You know, it is a strange way to live.
1: You know,
3: pouring yeah, out it... emotion on a stage night after night, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I think it does help. You know, I'm, I'm sure it doesn't help at all. But it, well, wouldn't it... Have been, it wouldn't have been like that if the people didn't need it for something. Do you know what i mean it's, they would have all uh, been on the green tea forever you know it's kind of... been on his green tea and jim morrison would have been like nah you're all right i'll just have a little <laughs> you know yeah. a yeah, it's a, it's, and also i think you know what you're talking about earlier like adulation and adoration are weird things for humans to live with you know they're
1: disorientating yeah
3: yeah you're you're being one facet of yourself in a way whilst bringing in all of your human condition into that one space with those other people and then the other people aren't there and you've got all that adrenaline to deal with and all that stuff you know you can't you i I think it must be very difficult to live normally
1: yeah it doesn't make sense it's like the most exciting job and the most boring job imaginable at the same time you get like an hour sorry
3: about these stripes i've got some really weird sun thing going on sorry
1: but, yeah, I think it's going between the two extremes every single day is what sends you a bit funny.
3: Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, it's a real seesaw. And, and I think they do really underestimate and underplay like how much pressure those musicians are under and like the massive mental health problems that are going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that they're like, you're meant to be on. You're always meant to be on. Or like, cause I remember it's, like seeing at Cave and I'm being like, you know, people are just shouting at him like he's a jukebox and it's like how many years can you do that or, or you see Warren Ellis and he's still just absolutely amazing but it's a huge amount of um, light and energy to draw out mm. the ether to send out to people to then go and lay in a bed and you know That's and the thing, try yeah. and sleep
1: yeah you don't really want to go to sleep afterwards that's the thing you
3: can't you're 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 it's alchemical you're playing with energy yeah and you're using that energy and you need that energy to connect to other people but then you're meant to go away and manage it as if you're not that's not what your life is you know and be reasonable and you know it's not really a reasonable
1: it's not reasonable
3: it's not reasonable. It's, it's not, not reasonable expectation.
1: It's really highly unreasonable. Uh, ca- yes. Carry on generally, I think, you know, I'd like to make it ho- hopefully one day to the to the green tea pastures. But I have to say yeah. I'm, I'm not quite there yet. I have tried. And it, it's always the same. The longer you hold off, the worse it is when you collapse again.
6: Yeah,
1: you know, again you make enough. it a day into a tour without touching a drop. When you do touch that drop, you know, you touch all the drops.
0: A A day. Day. It make sense.
1: It, does make, it makes sense. Yeah, but um, anyway, should we? Um,
0: should we listen to music or something? Should we play Jeremy Reed's thing that is on this computer? Should
1: we do? Yeah. Should we have some 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 art?
0: Yeah. Should we read? Why don't we read? Why don't you read, Jenny or Rob or or Vida?
1: Yeah, yeah. Let's do a round, let's do a. Who let's what? have
0: a, like a beatnik convention, yeah. Okay. Claps and things.
1: Well, let's not go that far. Let's <laughs> not go that
4: far. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually, I, it's uh, the first time I, I've seen
0: real people, you know. It's been, uh, yeah.
2: I actually sent uh, Kirsty an email about half an hour before this. going Kirsty, you're gonna hate me, but can I drop out of the reading? I'll be here for the event, but I'm. I had a bit of a night last night, and the read.
1: Uh, whatever, the- Rob. Whatever, man.
2: Come on. but then i got it? over it then i got over it and i was like no it's fine i had a little glass of wine and now i feel uh i feel up for it again so flip and- Mhm. Yeah.
3: yep
1: okay well who yeah. should we Who should, who's gonna who's gonna start us off jenny
0: right rob.
1: Rob, yeah he came oh, out Jim. with all he came out with all them all so them rob excuses. doyle
0: rob doyle reading yeah. from friedrich's shine fragments which is an ulapu that was put together with leah sending prompts to rob via mm-hmm. email and then rob was picking them out of a hat mm-hmm. yeah
2: yeah exactly exactly so um just uh kirstie how long am i reading for remind me again here five or ten minutes Th- kind 30 of thing minutes. <laughs> the whole thing.
0: We'd like to morning, please. just yeah. Until the, the sun comes up.
6: <laughs>
2: until the sun
1: goes down. <laughs> okay. No really, really. Uh, no, really,
0: just go for just, just go, go for your comfort so you start
1: to feel really yeah. self-conscious and horrible. Just until. <laughs> yeah. Until okay. Then.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, here we go. So, yeah, just to uh, explain that concept again. So, Lias sent me about fifty headings, and um, mm-hmm. some of them quite obnoxious and uh, provocative and uh, <clears throat> lewd, frankly, uh, and others quite thoughtful, uh, and, and so forth. But mm-hmm. I, I ripped them all into shreds and put them in a hat or a bowl and uh, plucked them out one by one, and then just wrote something about Thanks. every heading that I got. Um, a few of them I, I probably skipped. but uh,
1: You picked all the ones with fo- about football.
2: I did, yeah, and I'm not even a not not anymore a big football head, you know. But
1: um, I think those you know but, those are the best ones, you know.
2: They are the best ones. It's <laughs> one of the best writing I've ever done. Was the little bit about Paul Gascoigne? I might even read now. <laughs> it was one about Ryan Giggs. But he's, uh, he's up the, Giggs. he's up
1: the ante since, isn't he, Giggsy? I know
2: geez. he's falling on hard times, and I tried to get Kirsty to uh, cut that bit because it was too late. Because I felt like fuck, this guy's got enough on his plate without me taking the piss out. of him. Yeah, But um, yeah. it was too late. Anyway, gone to print. Yeah, it had gone. to print. So, uh, but uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll just read a few of them at kind of random and we'll see. The Feminism of Martin Amis. I once talked with a recovering alcoholic about Martin Amos, whose work was a source of mutual enthusiasm. He recounted an anecdote about being so aroused by the character of Nicholas Six in London Fields that he brought the novel into the toilets of the London pub where he was reading and jerked off to it. The only book I remember ever jerking off to was a novelization of a James Bond film in early adolescence. Martin Amos describes himself as a gynocrat. He wants to be ruled by women. I'm with him on this. The only world leaders that seem to me trustworthy and admirable are women. I perceive in the males too much of myself, too much to be good. The Shifting Fortunes of Paul Gascoigne. He's a sensitive man. That much is obvious. Too sensitive, even. I could talk about the outlaw spree killer, Realm Mote, the incident with the fishing rod, the roast chicken and the six pack of lager. Or about Vinnie Jones grabbing Gaza by the balls and making him cry. I have no memories of his heyday as a player, no iconic goal or legendary season. I would never judge an alcoholic for his addiction. May Gaza be well. May all sentient beings be well. Fried English breakfasts in Pattaya. On the desk beside me is a small red notebook on whose first first page are written in red and green ink the words Pattaya, here we come. I jotted it down as a potential title, perhaps of a fictional artwork in some future book. I've spent time in beautiful paradisiacal Thailand, but I never got as far as Pattaya, the notorious beach ghetto of third third world sex tourists and Farang lowlifes. In his novel platform, Michel Huelbeck writes, Pattaya is the end of the road. It is a sort of cesspool, the ultimate sewer where the sundry waste of Western neurosis winds up. I can imagine rewriting Shakespeare's Coriolanus and setting it in the modern world. When the proud titular warrior gets banished, he'll head to Pattaya, ordering a full English breakfast each morning, guzzling laggard through the afternoons, and debauching himself on a continuous glut of dangerously young hookers of every gender. His rage and bitterness will grow until the day he unites the sexpats and launches his revenge. Scooter. The band. If you were a kid or a teenager in the 1990s, it's hard not to have affection for Scooter. Where is he now? Is he doing okay? A quick Google search tells me that last year he had a hit. Fuck 2020. He looks just like he did back in the day. He sounds the same too. In the video, As the last happy hardcore beat breaks and a bombastic synth chord resounds, the blonde, svelte scooter, wearing his signature black leather jacket, turns to the camera and utters a lament. stuck on the wrong channel, like chained to a dead camel. Nice. Very nice. Uh, (laughs) Drinking in bed. Why not? (laughs) I drank in bed last night, streaming episodes of a French espionage drama series. It's deep winter lockdown in Berlin, a truly dismal January. All the bars and cafes and restaurants are closed, as they have been since November. I spend a large proportion of my time in bed, conducting manifold activities. We don't have a living room, sofa or armchair at the flat we rent here in Friedrichshain. It is cosy, though, with fairy lights lamps, all manner of kitsch and clutter on the walls and shelves, a profusion of plants on the balcony. The bed is my refuge, my workspace, my pub, my cinema, my war room, my panic room, my opium den, my strip club, my fight club, my slaughterhouse, my bowling alley. To the untrained eye, I might easily be mistaken for a clinically depressed shell of a man in dire unending hibernation. This is my destiny and I shamble into it, not without pride. The Dublin literary scene, that's when I reach for my revolver. <laughs> Maybe one more? One more, yeah, nice. Yeah, oh,
3: it's really yeah. lovely.
2: Um, what's a good one? Let's see. Working class values. The working class writers I admire most, Albert Camus, Jeff Dyer, tend to be those who in some sense got over being working class. That is, they got over a constraining attachment to their identity as working class writers. It's not a question of denying or being ashamed of one's roots. On the contrary, it's about not being so defined by by them that they set the limits on what one is permitted to explore, how broad one's horizons can become. Identity, in short, is a yawn. I grew up within the proletariat. I'm proud of this. It just doesn't interest me that much. Thank you. Very nice.
3: It's, uh, there was. I'm, I'm looking at the sea. I can see the sea away in the distance and that was just really nice.
0: Jenny, mm. that light on your face on the Zoom is beautiful. You can tell. I can almost see you can the tell. sea. The Your voice to the poem is just
3: perfect. It's one of the best little However long it was this
2: year, thanks, Rob. Yeah, really beautiful
0: voice. Up. Thank you, Rob
2: Doyle. Thank you. Jeez.
3: Really, really nice. Hmm. Right, I'll
0: read you some stuff. Um, so this is Jenny Fagan. Who's it? Where? Whereabouts in Scotland are you now, then? So
3: I'm in Edinburgh. I'm in Edinburgh. Well, sort of near Edinburgh. Well, I am in Edinburgh. I'm in Edinburgh. Um, you Leith side, looking out to the. East side, looking out to the water, yeah. Yeah, I need to be as close to the water as possible. I was, uh, this first poem, actually, the one that's in Amber, is, I've been living in um derelict houses for a lot of the last 10 years, renovating them so that I could make money whilst I was writing and bringing up um my kids, and he'd go to dad at the weekends and stuff, and I would just, like, binge right. And uh, this first poem's about one of those houses. I'd, I'd, I'd move in, there'd always be, like, my, my kid won't, like whenever we walk past the most scuzzy building you can see, he's like, Mama, don't look at it. Just don't look at it. so I'm almost like, Ooh, <laughs> Ooh, look, baby. That's like he right,
4: right. really
3: wants that building. I'm gonna take that anyway. But and this, this uh, is the
0: one in Amber.
3: Yeah, this yeah. is the one in Amber. So this is what I was doing to um, pay for the partly to pay for the novel that just came out. It was an ex council house on the seawall, graffiti all over it. At the second beach house, two herons begin to glide in at low tide. A round, white sun of a moon spins her skirts as they stalk a pebble shore in the still haze. My eye is drawn up from the lights of fat red cargo boats heavy with petrol to skies above me. I sleep on the sofa for months in that dress, with a baseball bat beside me, cause junkies flameballed my window trying to create a crackdown with a view. Till I took over and looked out at night like the lighthouse keeper of eternal damnation. Where the boat crashed on my shore at midnight and its captain and skipper slept on the beach for four months until they could get all the drugs out and strip all the steel off. And I glanced down at their fires, sometimes I'd take them candles or leave out pallets of wood they'd drag past my door. I'd stop sending smoke signals across to a summerless city I quit fiction, fabrication, delusion, and lie, appealing as it may be for a poet and witch to solely see I am as much science as I am séance. I revoked my crazy under the microscope, where it showed itself only to be the clearest eye. When kids set far to the road nearby, I thought a lot of Detroit, Heidelberg's Streets of Art, Tiri, Tiri, you'd have liked how pretty I left that piss-stained house. How immaculate and bedecked as it was by then, in glass and white. Packing is the surest way of arriving. I no longer say goodbye. Um, I'll do a couple from There's a Witch in the Word Machine.
0: I love that line, Lighthouse Keeper of Eternal Damnation. That's it, that's it was, it. you
3: know, it's a, it's a scary, it's pretty sketchy. I mean, I've grown up in loads of rough areas, but it was, it was quite wild. And the kids did, they set fire to the road. And I was just like, we're not in Detroit, like get a fucking hobby, do you know what I mean? That's <laughs> not set fire to the road. <laughs> and uh, I was sitting in, my, sitting in my window one night and this boat, I was sitting having a little glass of wine at midnight in this boat, like my, my, the house was on the sea wall. So the sea would literally hit the windows. And this boat crashed. Like, I thought it was going to come out the house wow. and it crashed on the floor. And all these little gadgets and their hoodies were like popped up and were like, fucking hell, fucking hell. And half of them ran towards the boat and half of them ran away from the boat. And then they were um, like in the water trying to get stuff off the boat. And I was just like, what have I done? Do you know what I mean? What have, you know, I'm just in this house now, just I'm like the only kind of lookout on the beach. And so I decided to like, make friends with the captain and the skipper, because what else are you going to yeah. do? Get them stuff in the morning, and I was wanting to get the story. And one of them's, you know, got the really faded tattoos and, like, two teeth, and he's just staring out. And they ended up living on the beach for about four months. And then, like, they they started just, like, with the fire, and then they had a motorbike, and then they had a trailer, and the trailer had a telly. <laughs> just, like, it went on and on and on. But um, when I moved into that one, the same removal guys kept moving me into these derelict houses I was doing up. And they were like, "Are you really going to sleep here, Jenny? Because it was stinking a piss." <laughs> and the kids had they the tried to flame ball a window to make it into a, a little um, a little smack house, probably not a crack house, but uh, um, poetic licensing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then it was I was sleeping in the living room with a baseball bat for months because um, because well because they tried to flame ball a window <laughs> and I had not got window yet. And um, my, my workies used to come in in the morning and, and I'd have like my baseball bat and my golf and they'd be like, "rats on your golf, Jenny. I'd <laughs> just be like, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Go and have your cup of tea and go on with it. And these are the crazy things that, that um, you know, sometimes I was doing my
0: PhD at the same time. but Which is it, kind of amazing, right? It
3: made more sense because yeah. to be a kind of stay-at-home mum and, you know, between, you know, we co-parent, but between um, that, you know, I was able to work on the novel at home and, Anyway, sorry, I'm going on. An old fashioned courtship. Yeah. An old fashioned courtship. Your fingers under the snap of elastic and overwashed lace. You are beauty and grace. Our bodies are battlegrounds. We advance and retreat. You lay me down on the tombstones to see if my heart still beats. We do it like witches. We do it like freaks. We do it like we're gonna die in the morning. Like you've just served time. Ten or twenty years. You always did undo me at the seams. This is love, sings the choir. It's fucking lust, intones the priest. You tip him the hat and get down on your knees. They have countless ways to kill people like you and me. It is preordained. We are unsavable as saints. While your unrepentance is admirable, it has to be said. Some questions can only be answered in bed. The lines around your eyes, your brittle and strange, never alarms me. Your perversions and weirdness always kind of charms me. A degenerate, sweetheart, some kind of visionary. We get fucked up, we fuck up. And repeat. And they say there has to be agony. If there is ever to be ecstasy, fuck that shit. I don't need absolution. Just that you hold this heart so carefully. After all this time, baby, it's you. Fuck me. Do one last, one last little one. This is um, so good that we can swear on Soho Radio, isn't it? <laughs> it's great. So <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, the whole world should be swearing. It really should. It's so right. Yeah. This is a really simple po- poem, and um, it's uh, an ex of mine died of more neuron disease a couple of years ago. We played some punk bands together when we were younger, and uh, and it really made me think about like you know, how we're all so obsessed with doing all these things, you know, become a spaceman and going to curing cancer and, you know, whatever it is like becoming better people than we really are and, and all the different things we try to do. And I, you know, the endless doing, and, and then there might be a time where you can't do that. So what was the point of it? Mm-hmm. And this poem is a uh, ode to unconditional love. If all I do is love you, if all I do, is that. If all I do is love you, if all I do is that. If all I do is hold you, if all I do is that. If all I do is love you, if all I do is that. If I get just one love right, if there is only yours to not get wrong, when I am far above you, where my voice has long since gone. All I will do, even then, is love you in this life just as true in the next. I'd come back to this world a billion times over, if that's all it took to see you again.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, beautiful, beautiful stuff,
0: Richard. Started
3: Dead Poets Club. We're not dead, but you
0: know. Yeah. <laughs> um. I've got a couple of play-ins as well. Play-ins. Yeah, like a couple of pre-records, but we can put those oh, in later, cool. I think. So we, yeah.
1: Should we roll around to Vida? Hmm. Keep it in the in the in the flesh while yeah. we're.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> We're just passing the ambit pot between us here. It's, uh, old school.
3: Pass um. the amber. Left hand side. Oh my God. Pop hog the ambit.
2: <laughs> 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 you it off camera, I can't see. The, yeah, I
3: shall am. I swing? Yeah, Let me swing behind. this one
2: round
0: so that those of us watching. Sorry, you didn't get then, a. Um,
2: you didn't get the yeah. face. I'm hidden. Oh, that place looks nice there. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing this whole I'm seeing You've it seen now. the whole area, yeah. Yeah, yeah. good. I'm glamour, so short sighted, I can't of... see well, you can where the people are. We're out on the street, just, just yeah, here. This Have a look.
0: It's great.
2: You can see, like, Soho here. Yeah, no, so... wow. I, miss oh, I miss Soho. I miss London. Oh, man. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's, so it's, so it's really fun, this studio.
0: The yeah, it's, 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 it's really cool. great that you can just see people coming past and, like, kids coming up to the window and stuff. It's cute. So cool, man.
1: Okay. All well right. Peter, you're sort of you're, you're
5: invisible, yeah. Invisible?
1: Yeah, you're in between the but you're I'm you're, in a
5: liminal space. You're Yes. That's exactly.
1: <laughs> that's exactly what
5: Peter <laughs> <laughs> is the, it's Saul's
1: sister, is that This what is Saul's said? little sister, yeah. Yeah.
5: yeah. Hi. Um, <laughs> we're only half related. right. Mm. Um, <laughs> off, the, off the hook <laughs> <laughs> enough proximity I've never for fame so enough. enough distance for sanity Yeah. this is about our shared father um, it's called chicken soup you stand over the hob slicing onions in earnest the knife rocks back and forth working itself into a trance handled deftly that metalled, loose wristed precision of yours Scalpel flicks, steel stitching of alien bits, ghost white tentacles flopping on piles of scarlet ice. Onto that body, little boy body, on the precipice of adolescence, maimed. Two and a half fingers and a thumb remain. The middle stump is smooth but waggled merrily at high-vis men, still as rude. I spent my childhood standing limply to your left. Squirming at the sight of blood wriggling from your grasp whenever you reached for me, to cross the road, hand in hand. I wonder, sometimes having never met the man, how your father looked at you having witnessed such a severing, how you looked at your father and eulogised his chicken soup. The trick is to throw in a veal shin. The marrow makes a hearty stock. We remember with our bones show me beneath the skin the knuckles working still flinching from slamming doors groaning white with frustration unable to conjure a fist the violet shadow between your pursed lips your trembling eyes and stiff-legged tread this evening every word is swallowed the long day swells the bread does not rise the black dog scratches at the door it would tear you limb from limb.
6: Very
1: nice. <coughs> Beautiful. Are you going to give us one more? Uh,
5: yeah, I have uh, actually a letter to Saul to keep it on the family theme.
1: Oh, right.
4: Nice. <laughs> nice.
5: Um, this is called Dear Saul. It's only the second letter I've ever written to him.
1: Right. Nice, uh, nice way to deliver <laughs> it.
5: <laughs> he's actually read it already <laughs> oh, Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm not sure that he'd give me permission otherwise <laughs> it is a strange spring the house plants thick stemmed with overwatering, have now grown legs and are crawling up the walls the trees outside in all this clean air are getting so tall and the dolphins are back in Venice marauding the residents like Halloween teens in scream masks you ring up to say you're worried you're going to die from this pestilence that God has sent There are locusts in Africa and the droughts and the fires and the floods of acid rain. I am terrible on the phone, croaking like a toad. I say you're in the middle of nowhere, there's no one to catch the coughing from. You say you're worried you'll catch it off the dog. You're on the other side of a border, a ribbon of sea between us but still too close somehow. You keep cropping up like a headlouse scritch like a ghost. It is often in your absence that I have felt you most about the place not when you are in the house, but when you have left it and left your reeking socks behind the radiator and your unsightly books with licked corners and underlinings stacked at the table, an elbowless jacket, saving your space. What I don't say, but what I think, is this is certainly one way of keeping you on the wagon. Perhaps it's all an elaborate ruse that me and our father have constructed to keep you clean. How long before, with all these borders firmly closed, The UK runs out of coke and codeine. The musicians (laughs) grinding their teeth in the corners of their messy bedrooms in the early hours groan. What else can they take from us? They've already taken the pubs and the royal parks. But this was meant to be my reset button, creative epiphany. I was meant to finish the novel I haven't started. And now it's all to shit because I can't remember those lines that might have been good lines at least. They were in my memory. Tick, 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 it's midnight, I think. My room is swamped in blue light as I scroll through the apocalypse, get advertised some articles I might also like, and asked by the Guardian, once again, to donate. It's like when I was bedbound those two years lost in murky sleep, a room getting vaguely brighter, darker, the muffled sounds of people elsewhere padding around the house, the self-conscious clearing of throats. I've been ignoring our grandmother's phone calls. There is so much guilt about these days. I do not want to kill the elderly, not personally. Our granny would not want to be thought about in the same catching breath as all those old trouts for whom the ventilators have been assembled. I can hear the tick, tick, tick of you thumbing a thin volume. You proclaimed yourself an eco-fascist once, but that was before you twigged. You'd be there, circled and starred, on the list. I reckon you've always fancied yourself a bit of a puppeteer, making marionettes of art students and bygone men chasing the thrill of the cutting edge, making them dance. I'm spinning round the room listening to some grainy demo you sent me. Oh brother, my brother, I think I'm losing my mind. I've moved the furniture around so much and discovered some old drawings of yours. Cartoons of toothless men and one of me as a flying cat. If we were locked up together going cuckoo, cuckoo and biggering like rats, By now I'd have dreamt for smashing your head in with that tiny toy piano you were tinkling away on day after day after day. It is driving me insane. It is echoing round the house like a haunted nursery dead baby babble chimes the air like ding dong, whisper at the door and dinner in Tupperwares passed through the letterbox by a latex gloved hand. I'd have mashed your head like chickpea mulch for hummus, leaking out your nose. I'd have dreamt about you being lowered into the ground in our last remaining, state-permitting, sombre gathering. We all standing like satellites at safe distances, scattered round the hole, and I FaceTime you, so you can watch your own sinking. I imagine you stepping through the portal of this phone screen to stand right beside me, and even in death, you're breathing down my neck. So in the deepest shiver of this fever dream and its glassiest stare... The reflection of the mirror in the window I have seen you are growing there from under my jaw like an ingrown hair, like a swollen gland, like a tumour, one of those twins absorbed by the other in the womb. Side by side, towing the mud, we both wipe away a single tasteful tear as we remember him fondly. And our eldest brother who works in a cemetery, shovel in hand, makes the trench deep enough for your spindly legs and the mess I've made of your crown. Oh, brother, with your missing tooth rattling around in your skull like a maraca and your fists pounding your chest in toddler tantrum, hammering on the box. No one dared to get close enough to take that final pulse in case they caught the bug. And what's that banging sound we shrug? Your fists are getting bloody now. Let me out. The fistfuls of mud, cold and clammy as a shy child's hand. I let it fall onto the box and I tell you, brother, I love you and I'm sorry and I really do miss you now. And as some dusty priest says the meek will inherit the earth, you smirk. In the end times, you will rise again into a new world. I nod sagely about this absurd tragedy, this terrible, terrible accident. I wink your winking eye and roll our eyes back into my head. So far, my retinas ache and I swear I see you kissing Jesus's feet. In the beginning, there was the word and the word was made flesh. And in the end, there was just the lonesome death rattle of the earth, and the flat lining of the phone, and from the other side, a final cough, up dredged.
0: That was really brilliant. Yeah. He you smashed it. That was cool. Great. That was good. Heavy stuff. Yeah.
2: Heavy stuff. What What is the accent, feeder? Is that a London accent? Uh, it's a um,
5: just a, your base standard RP middle class <laughs> Peckham I guess
1: Peckham <laughs> Posh Peckham Posh Peckham Lindhurst Arts
5: and Crafts Peckham.
1: <laughs> Peckham, Peckham, Peckham. Arts and Crafts that's it <laughs> <laughs> Elvis is twin didn't
3: he mm? yeah,
1: but
3: Elvis is twin a bit about absorbing the
4: yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah, yeah in Tupelo <laughs> mm. Beautiful stuff, beautiful stuff. Well, where do we go? F- where do we go from there? Don't I feel quite, yeah. quite
2: tender. <laughs> yeah, a full and finished. frank exchange of views, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been it's been good.
2: Emotional. It has been
1: hard and emotional. It has been emotional. It has. It's been an emotional day. It yeah.
2: has. It has. A roller coaster even. An emotional roller
1: coaster. Yeah, if it wasn't for the
5: codeine. Yeah, yeah. It's,
3: yeah, uh, codeine running out in the
5: UK. The stocks yeah. have been replenished. That's true, by the way. <laughs> I think it was a paracetamol shortage, but you know, poetic license.
1: No. okay, okay. So we're, we're we're good then. We're good. Well, should we? Um, should we close it? Should, should we close it with a with a song or? A...
2: I think you should sing an acapella song.
1: Please. Well, the old old triangle or something. <laughs>
2: Uh, no. Um. Simply red. Simply red. Yeah, yeah. Go full hook knock.
1: Okay, okay. What's that one? Uh, stars. Should we do stars together, Vita? Yeah. yeah, do
5: it. I said quite <laughs> clearly that I wasn't in a band.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, it's you're young. Yeah, you're young. Yeah. You know, you might. Who knows what what will happen? You know, it could. It, 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 yeah. You know.
5: The thing is, I already feel like I've lived through the band experience. uh like, yeah.
1: You don't need any more of that. Uh, I've more. done my
5: secondary suffering.
1: Enough broken individuals coming through the front door. I really I can't I wanna listen to Perry Perry Cuomo or oh, you you know, the sunrise, sunset. I just feel if like you I'm need in that.
4: To hear
1: that. I feel like I need to hear that, you know? So. Can I put can I play a song? So.
6: Is this the little girl I carry? Is this the little boy at play? I don't remember growing to be a beauty When did he grow to be so tall (laughs)
0: Jenny, <laughs> So Jenny Fagan and Rob Doyle and Vida have been live in the studio for this Ambit, this debut Ambit podcast. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you, Rob. Thank you, Jenny, for making Ambit pop so great. Um, I'm really, really, really happy to have you both in there because it's the first one that I've put through production. And,
1: and thank you very much for coming on. You know, yeah, yeah. it's it's good to see that beautiful face. I'll see it in flesh again soon. You coming over? I'm coming over. Yeah, maybe sooner than you think. Yeah. of us. <laughs> <Summerless. laughs> just yeah. you know, on your to- on your toes. That's what I'm saying about that. You know, because
2: <laughs> shit's about to get tight over here. All right? yeah, I've been I've been, uh, I've been chatting to your older brother Tom uh, about uh, just about life, love, and you know, and passion. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, 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 we might need an exit, you know what I mean? That's all I'm saying about that. But uh
2: yeah. An exit plan, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But um yeah, cheers for coming on, Rob.
2: Peace, my pleasure. Peace. Thanks for having me, guys. See you soon. See you soon. Thanks Bye. so Have much, Rob. Ciao, Kirsty, thanks a million.
0: Brilliant, thank you.
2: ah uh, Jenny, you're <laughs> back. You're back in your Je-
0: Jenny's got some wine. Has Jenny been to fetch provisions? I, I went
1: to get work some now.
0: wine. I went to get wine.
1: All right, well, look, you are, I mean, are free to go, but you are also welcome oh, to gonna say,
2: stay. The, stay you won't be end.
3: charged. There will be no further conviction. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's <laughs> completely up to you guys.
3: So,
0: so, listen, should we play something in? We've got Jeremy Reed in this edition. Yeah, let's have some Jeremy Reed. So He's He's got a poem that he sent in, which is with his band Gingerlight. And he is, uh, I think J.G. Ballard called his performance just something from another planet. And he has this kind of, he's been around Jeremy. So he, he has this, have you ever seen him perform Vida? No. He does this set, like, kind of 60s thing going on that's just that like kind of like handed down which is why I love watching sort of ancient our ancient forefathers you know and kind of coming down and passing it all down but he's 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 amazing and he's a very generous generous heart and this is uh his he's known everyone so this is his story about Francis Francis Bacon I believe <laughs>
7: Miraged eighties Like scratched history Runtime backwards And you'd still be alive alive In Soho's Ammoniac reek of sex And acidic urine Its purpose Accidental meets with strangers Codified to its domain for like, and how we met, a merchant weird, finding coordinates of temperaments, collisional on Denman Streets, and each compelled to stop, to stop, to stop. Three years of it as follow-up, your Stabs, stabs of asthmatic panic, stabs, stab stabs, offset by searching for human equivalents in morphed, figurative atrocities. You called an academy of accidents. The paint navigates. I don't interfere, and I go right up what you said as my after the facts. Diagnostic, or you talk boys, 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 like mixing sugar and pepper as rough justice with no reliant trust. Those days I got so wired up meeting you, I couldn't sleep. But watch the light turn red, then incremental pink, followed by blue, blue, and refolded the jumper that you'd given me, like a cashmere amputee without arms, amputee without arms.
1: Let's go in for one more
0: of these. Oh, you want to hear another? Which selection are you going to make?
1: Um, that's Connor Seed, right? Yeah. Let's have some Connor Seed. Yeah, cool. Um, this is
0: one of the new voices in Ambert, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Along with Vida, this is one of the, you know, one of the newborns.
5: An upstart.
1: This is Tanning Tabs in the, meg- in the what's the full title? The tanning meg- Tabs
0: toils. in
1: yeah. the, mega the mega- <laughs> Yeah. I mean, who, who wouldn't want a piece of that? Okay, we good?
8: Tanning tabs in the Megabus toilets featuring a piss-wet Viz magazine by Connor Seed. One, the Newcastle Strip. My cock wall up like a balloon and I was on antibiotics for a fucking week. So just live around here then or? I can of fucking sit down, Kev, man? I've got a boil on my arse the size of a fucking Satsuma. Don't take my word for it. Jesus, Kev, I think my ball just popped. Ah, oh, you dirty bastard. Two, a Manchester billboard. Are you walking like a right southern twat? Swag around like a pissed chimp in a nappy full of porridge. Three, the Birmingham sign. The north-south divide is dinner and tea. Welcome to Birmingham. Dinner, dinner, dinner. Four, a London profanosaurus. A 2am twitch of the gamble crack. Yoda's gran and gin buddies proliferate the village threads. But I suppose we're all little class now, Rudini remarks, snide-like. The void left behind, embracing the carpet's Venetian red. Oh, Kestrel, super manoeuvres in the dark. Here comes the Toucan Van Dam looking for Lord Lucan. It's a good night out in Newcross, with our testosterone levels rising froth. The Thames. Mate, I'm just waiting for the end of the line. Five. Internal thoughts, external actions. May I remind all passengers, smoking is not permitted anywhere on Megabus coaches, including toilet facilities. Living in the shadow of the bottom inspectors and the sound of some cunts talking, this sounds like a job for the brown bottle.
0: Have a seat. That's great. How, how did you come across Connor then? I mean, in your curative powers here.
1: Uh, Adele Stripe put me in touch with Connor. Yeah, I've never met Connor.
0: He seems. I really like the image he put on Instagram of himself with some ancient Lancashire map behind him.
1: Yeah, Mm. mystique, cooking up some mystique.
0: Mm.
1: You know, Um, but yeah, that was uh, it. Was it was through Adele, who has not actually recorded for this, unfortunately.
0: That's because she's finishing. She's finished. She's busy, apparently. She's also moving house, so I understand, yeah, yeah. so, yeah, that's kind of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: But um, I guess... Uh,
0: Tell us, that finally, what you feel about the whole ambit pop thing, having seen the fruition of it. Um, um, uh,
1: it's, it's, it's its own explanation, you know. I don't have any, uh, any, any, any way of quantifying such a momentous occasion <laughs> in language.
0: <laughs> it, is <An> <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> it is a beautiful thing. It is
4: <laughs> yes. a beautiful thing.
0: A burgeoning writing career. <laughs> I don't,
1: uh, I don't have words for it. You know, it's, 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 it's too much. It's too much. I'm just, I'm, I'm grateful to have been, uh, to have been asked to do it. Though it's been, uh, you've
0: it's done been a fine str- job. All strange. the words are in it.
1: The words are all there, one after another. Your editorial's
0: smart. It's good. In, it's worth in, reading. In the, yeah. you
1: know. If you read them, what's it on the back of that? You know, one after the other. You read one word after the other, and then it's and then it all makes sense. And there's some pictures in there as well. (laughs) 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 Yeah, (laughs) groundbreaking.
5: Something for everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what
1: am I supposed to say after all that? You know, what am I supposed to say after like an hour of poetry? You know, like Hmm. how am I supposed to? You know, I can't deliver that.
0: You're about to go on tour though, on your folk tour, right? And,
1: which I've not yeah. rehearsed at mm. all, you know. I'm going to mm. rehearse tomorrow, meet up with the guys, you know. Hook up where are you going? I'm going to go to the basement of a pub in Streatham and uh, argue with my little brother about which songs we're not doing on Monday. Um, oh, well, where are we going on the tour? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry. Uh, we're going to Hastings, which is a new one. I think because they're all sat down and nobody's going to... Well, it's going to be like
2: thirty people a show or whatever. Mm. Is it an actual Fat White's gig or is it a or tour or is it a like? Solo? It's
1: it's it's a it's a it's a yes and no. You know, it's me, Nathan, and Alex uh, yeah, trying yeah. to get our rocks off. You know, any way we can, like traveling around the country. Uh, you know, by train. Um, but yeah, Hastings. We're doing London, Hastings, uh, Brighton. Brighton's a great town. Brighton's a great town. Um, day off, then uh, Leeds, <laughs> Leeds, all the way up there in Leeds. We're going to be live, and then Manchester, and then back to London. So I'm, I'm it's
3: Edinburgh.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind, you know, but it's it's that We've extra extra leap. It's that it's, ex, leap. it's that extra leap to get up to Scotland, you know. And my, what can I say, my managers she's lazy you know She's lazy. she didn't she put it in i did. got an
2: email of uh, an ex of mine saying that you're playing at something called bigfoot and it's a craft beer music festival i guess this is later in the summer is it this is it's true
1: with yeah with primal scream i mean that's a couple of days before the lockdown apparently ends but that's all up in the air now and you know difficult. a couple of
5: days before the Third wave. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of things. it's
1: just like fuck <laughs> no i just don't bank on any of it now it's like we got another one in 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 august booked, but i i'm not counting on any of it now i've been yeah. you get you just there's only so many times you can get your hopes up and then get all depressed about it although saying that i have i have i've gotten all depressed about it again wow. with this like variant stuff it's like oh man i just want to like go back to work like,
3: what's the book you're right um
1: it's kind of uh I mean, we. It, it, I, I suppose it's about the group. That's about as much as I can say on that. You know, a sort of part memoir, part biography, collaboration with Adele Stripe. But um, that's kind of in in the in the works. That's that's mainly what I've been been working on mm. lately. Um, very time consuming writing a book actually. It, it really as is. has it <laughs> happened <laughs> so
0: it makes twenty like Going
1: back to that thing about editing, it's kind of like once you get into the editing thing, you're you could basically be in there indefinitely,
3: forever. Yeah, you
1: know, because it's actually, it can, it, it, you know, it, it doesn't stop, basically. And within six months, your mind's all shifted about everything, and you're like, no, it's all wrong. And then, how do you draw a line? How do you draw a line under it? That's the thing.
3: I knew somebody who wrote a story about editing a story until all that was left of the story was a full stop.
1: <laughs> yeah, that hap- that yes. frequently happens, mm-hmm. you know. But it's like how many, you know, how many how many paragraphs do you do you, do you churn out before you're like, okay, now I need to edit those paragraphs. You know, there is no measure.
0: Yeah.
1: There's not. You know, there's you could just that. end up with one part with half a paragraph.
0: If anyone has any half paragraphs, or. Things up to a thousand words long the ambit annual competition is open for poems stories and art so you can submit online go to ambitmagazine.co.uk it's really cheap thing to enter as well because we do operate as a charity and we'll let you do it for free if you can't afford anything to put into it but there's prize money and we've got judges deborah levy and we also have Kim Adonizio, the uh, Bukowski and a Sundress poet from America, who's quite brilliant. And then we've got Michael Sally, who's judging the illustration. He used to be a an art director at Granta Publications, and he's, he's quite brilliant. So we'll then, in the next pop, which is going to be in October, we're going to publish the winners for the competition and we'll hopefully have some words from the judges too so yeah looking forward to to that Mm. give it a go as possible we can't publish much and it's a really 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 slim likelihood of getting through the doors but the point is that if you do get published in ambit loads of great people have been before you Actually,
2: um, I I was talking to Adele Stripe recently, (laughs) and uh, we we decided that uh, this edition, and the pop should actually be called (laughs) the revenge issue, because she, she, like me, and like Ben Myers, who's also in the issue, got uh, rejected. Numerous times by Ambit uh, before, when I lived in London. <laughs> J.G. Ballard used to edit them, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to submit to them. I sent them a lot of short stories and it was one rejection note after another. Turned out it was the same thing with uh, Adele Stripe and, and Ben Myers. And now we've kind of been invited in through the front door. So vengeance is mine.
0: If you hang around I, long that, enough. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. one strike off the list.
3: Yeah, man. Yeah. No, one zone, so one zone. It, <laughs> that's it. That's
1: what, down. that's what makes this. You know, that's, I love my job. I love my job. What can I say? You know, it's, uh... <laughs> it's, why, so, it's why I get out of bed in the morning. You know?
0: <laughs> so thank you very much to Ambit Pop's debut editor, Leas. Yeah. Saudi from fat white Thank family. You Thank you so much for doing it. Thank you. To it you
3: is done. You've done a beautiful job. It's gorgeous. Well, stop. It stop. Is. stop. It is nice.
0: No, as oh, though. <laughs> The, de- the new design by Stephen Barrett, he's just brilliant. He's just taken the legacy of old ambits and just kind of reimagined it and it's quite contemporary and space and considered. And he is a world-class perfectionist, so he's hes a lot of fun to work with. So, yeah, I really did. He's done the cover for my, my forthcoming book, Psychomagia, on Wrecking Ball Press, which you can pre-order now. So lots more coming from ambit. I'm just in Through the Door, but there's going to be a lot more festivals. Lots
1: Thanks very, you know, thanks for coming on, giving us your time. Thanks, guys. Peter, Jenny, mm-hmm. Rob. It's uh, been
3: just know. wonderful. Thank you so much for having me along. I really, really, really enjoyed that.
0: Yeah, yeah, thank you, a, Jenny Fagan, you're a total it's legend. Fun. You sure. know, it was Irving uh, Welsh who uh, said uh, that either. I should kind of get in touch with you and we'd really get on. So, wow. We're yeah. good
3: friends, Owen. We're good friends. Yeah. yeah. All
1: right. Yeah. All so, right. Shall we play a song out? Yeah?
2: Bye. Yeah. Okay. Cheerio. Bye-bye.
3: Rob, you were great.
2: You too, Jenny.
9: Bye-bye. Bye, guys. If you love somebody enough You'll follow wherever they go That's how I got to Memphis That's how I got to Memphis If you love somebody enough You'll go where your heart wants to go, that's how I got to Memphis, that's how I got to Memphis, I know if you've seen her you tell me cause you are my friend, I've got to find her and find her If you tell me that she's not here I'll follow the trail of her tears That's how I got to Memphis That's how I got to Memphis She would get mad and she used to say That she'd come back to Memphis someday That's how I got to Memphis That's how I got to Memphis I haven't eaten a bite Or slept for three days and nights That's how I got to Memphis That's how I got to Memphis I've got to find her and tell her that I love her so I'll never rest till I find out why she had to go Thank you for your precious time Forgive me if I start to cry That's how I got to Memphis 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 Memphis.